a reading from the book of the prophet Hosea. Thus says the Lord, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, Take away all guilt, except that which is good, and we will offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not, we will not ride upon horses. We will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. If you the orphan finds mercy, I will heal their disloyalty. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the Jew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall strike root like the host force of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread. His beauty shall be like the olive tree and his fragrance like that of Lebanon. They shall again live beneath the, my shadow. They shall flourish as a garden. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fragrance shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer them and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. Your faithfulness comes from me. Those who are wise understand these things. Those who are discerning know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. But the transgressors stumble in them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am the Lord your God, hear my voice. I am the Lord your God, hear my voice. I hear a voice I had not known. I relieved your shoulder from the bur of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In the stress you called, and I rescued you. I am the Lord your God, hear your voice. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you with the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me. I, I am the Lord your God. God. Hear my voice. There shall no strange gods. There shall be no strange gods among you. You shall not bow to a foreign god. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Lord your God, hear my voice. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would free you and find with finest wheat and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. I
Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came near and asked Jesus, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. The Gospel of the Lord. Just a reminder that we do continue on our Fridays in Lent to have adoration of the exposed Blessed Sacrament followed by the Stations of the Cross. The last two Fridays have not exactly been wonderful experiences with the poor weather we had on both of those days, but hopefully today things will be at least half decent. So the adoration commences at 6 p.m., and then the stations are celebrated at 7 p.m., concluded by benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. How fitting that on St. Patrick's Day, a day which always tends to celebrate joy and love, that we would have this discussion between the scribe and Jesus about the greatest commandment, and Jesus isolates it as being love. The one thing that I really had never adverted to, but did come across this, is that apparently this kind of discussion about what was the greatest commandment in the law was not uncommon. It was not the case that Jesus was the first person to ever be asked that question. The rabbis and all the rest of them discovered and discussed all this kind of thing among themselves and debated. This kind of thing went on all the time. Fascinating. And even within the various tellings of the story, as it applies to a conversation with Jesus, 
you get a variety of different approaches. Sometimes those who ask him appear to be, like today, sincere. They, they, they really, really want to know. They want to grow deeper in their relationship with the law and the God who is the giver of it. On other occasions, of course, they're asking that question of Jesus in order to trick him, in order to get him to support one or other political option so that they can use that against him. It makes one muse and wonder if this was a matter of discussion what other answers did various people come up with over the times when this kind of discussion went on? What did all kinds of others think was to be isolated as the greatest of all the commandments? To us, certainly to me, it seems rather obvious once you hear Jesus speak it that what could possibly be greater than that we should love our God with everything we have as response, by the way, to his infinite love for us, to his faithfulness, and to all that he has done, and that we should follow through on that, putting it into action by the way in which we love those who are around us, near and far. Even to the scribe, you get the sense that upon hearing Jesus' answer and thinking about it for a moment, he realizes, well, yes, of course, what else would it have been except that? The foundation of our entire existence is love, but not our love, as John would put it in his letter, God's love. God's love is what comes first. Or, as we hear in the first reading today, your faithfulness, God says, comes from me. If you are able to do any good, any love, any faithfulness, it's because of the grace that I pour out into your heart and soul. You don't have that ability on your own. So our loving God with all we've got our loving our neighbor as ourselves is entirely response to God's love for us. We are doing what makes us more and more like him. We are doing what responds to his infinite merciful pouring out of that gift upon us. It's also kind of a remarkable thing when you stop and think about it that Jesus puts love of God and love of our fellow human beings side by side like that, it's almost like it was in its own little way a symbolic reminder to us that in Jesus we have the divine and the human together in one person, God and man, the incarnate one who is pouring himself out completely for us. If we want to be true to the unity that is Jesus Christ, then we must be true to the unity that accrues to loving God and loving others, because the others will reveal to us the face of God, but only if our hearts are really open in genuine love. Let us not forget, 
For example, when thinking about someone like St. Patrick, who is only one, of course, among countless successful evangelizers, that the act of evangelization that was so successful in his case was precisely because he loved his God infinitely, at least as far as any human being can love infinitely, with all his heart and soul, and wanted to spread the good news, but also because he loved these people to whom he was given as their shepherd. He loved them, and he wanted them to know the love of this God so that they themselves could live it. Any act of evangelizing that we ever do, however great or small, has to be founded on our desire to show forth a genuine love of God, of the gospel, and of the people to whom we reach out. It cannot be for any self-centered motive, but only to try to share, to spread some of that great love that flows from the heart of God. Be with us, Lord, in all our efforts to witness to you, especially in this holy Lenten time.